MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN Prime Time. Live from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, here is Tim Murray. of VSIN Prime Time alongside Jonathan Von Tobel. I am Tim Murray. The Wizards really winning right now? Uh, yes, 50-45. Wow, that is uh, quite the uh, stunning situation in uh, Washington, D.C. right now. Um, we got a lot to get to, and uh, always great to catch up with, uh, you know, a man whose shop was mentioned on an ESPN article earlier today, making the ways Mm. with their latest proposition with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. It is our good friend Chuck Esposito from Stations Casino. Chuck, take us behind the scenes because there are rules, right? Uh, There are regulations in the state of Nevada. You can't ask, uh, you can't put out a prop. What color will Taylor Swift's you know, what she what, what will she be wearing? So how did you get to the prop that is Kelsey versus Platinum Albums? <laughs> First, guys, it's great to be on with you. And it was creativity at its finest. Um, I have to give the entire Hub team a lot of credit. Uh, Brad Joniak really came up with this, did a great job. Um, it's, you know, we just looked at what could we put up? Everyone's talking about this. We know how polarizing it's become so why not we looked in, and found out she had 10 platinum u.s albums why not put up a prop will his will he have more receptions in the game than his pop star girlfriend has platinum albums and he comes off a game that he just had 11 coincidentally she has 10 so why not put a prop up exactly 10 more than 10 or 11 or more or nine or less and it really was just more a play on words and creativity, capitalizing on his receptions. You're really simply betting his receptions. But we thought it was fun, and it's really drawn some unbelievable media attention from the USA Today, as you said, ESPN, um, Fox Sports, MSN, um, and, uh, Washington Post. You guys, it's been out there in a crazy way. So, Chuck, I'm curious because I've had this thought. I wanted to ask you about this. First off, overall, what do you expect in terms of, of handle with the Super Bowl here? Do you expect this record to be shattered? Because my my argument about it, not to be shattered, it's, I think it's going to get overcome, but I think a lot of people are going to come into town, Chuck, and find the sign-up process pretty shocking, especially if you've been used to betting in other jurisdictions. Well, they may, but I think a lot of people are going to come in early. And I really – I'm looking at where we're at today, guys – our overall handle compared to last year at this time, over 30% more. So if that's any indication, and the the several six-figure bets we've already seen, if all this is any indication, I think that record gets shattered. Um, I know we still have, you know, more than a week to go, 
but the early action and just kind of the electricity, the buzz, the hype, um, there's, it just seems like people are so excited that it's here that they're grabbing these prop packets, and um, everybody wants to be part of this game. And again, to me, early indication, being where we're at right now, I think it really has a shot. Um, to break that record. Chuck Esposito, our good friend from Stations Casino, has joined us every Friday throughout the football season. You can uh, make sure to check out his many properties, not his personally. He's over at the Red Rock Casino, Green Valley Ranch, uh, got Palace Stations. And Chuck, uh, remind me, you guys are the provider of odds at Resorts World. Is that correct? Fountain Blue, Fountain Blue, Fountain Blue, Fountain Blue. Sorry, I, I, yeah. ca I caught myself there. Um, all right, so if no you're... No worries, no worries. Yeah, if you're going uh, down to the Fountain Blue. So, as we just get boring here, side and total and money line, my guess would be that people are going to say, forget the two, give me the plus 110 on Patrick Mahomes. So, how lopsided is it right now, and how lopsided do you anticipate it to be with Kansas City Chiefs action? Well, when you look at the game right now, guys, um, we're heavy money-wise on the Niners mm. on the game itself. As as we talked about last week, I mean, we saw this game go from, from two to one and back up again. Our larger wagers, our six-figure wagers, have been on the Niners. But you look at the overall ticket count on the point spread itself, it's two to one in favor of the Chiefs. And if you look at the ticket count on the money line, it's both money line and ticket count is almost three to one in favor of the Chiefs. So at this point, it's because the larger bets have come in on the Niners, we're fairly well balanced, but I think a lot will change. Of course, next week, we've already shown, or the guests have already shown, if you take this money line up at all, there is an appetite to take the Chiefs at that plus price. So we'll have to see where we ultimately end up. But right now, although it's not a traditional big middle for us, you're still seeing some 49er point spread money, and way more chief money line money. Chuck, I've been saying it all week. I hope I'm not. I hope I'm not lying to people because my initial and I don't have a, a strong vindication, but I, I do lean with the Niners. But I haven't bet it yet because my belief is that when we start to see the rest of the public come to town and they are seeing this plus price on a guy in Patrick Mahomes who is nine and three straight up as a dog, ten one and one has covered. Uh, you know the last however many playoff games, including last year's Super Bowl. Do you think we start to see this trickle down a little bit? So long-winded question, do we get a suppressed Niners price if the public continues to look at that plus price on the Chiefs? I think we do, Tim, and, and I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to root for whoever we need at kickoff, and I think in this particular game, it, I'm fine with that. Um, but when you look at the two teams on paper, I, I would say when you're looking at the rosters, and um, the Niners are the better of the two teams. Um, however, they don't have number 15. And I think, you know, what he's done in the two playoff games, being a dog at Buffalo, they bet against him. Being a dog at Baltimore, they bet against him. This has to be the, the only time in Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes' history together that they are dogs in three straight games. Um, so I think you're going to see that influx of Chiefs money show. He's got some familiarity at Allegiant where he's 4-0. He's 3-1 against the number. He's 3-1 against the over. And Andy Reid in the postseason with extra time is 7-3 at a 70% clip. So I think all those factors put together, I think you're going to see Chief money. And I think there's a better chance this number drops than goes up anymore. Chuck, I know there's a lot of people who believe that um, whether it's going to be in Allegiant or maybe it's going to be around town, but with our proximity to California, that you're going to get a lot of 49ers fans to come in here. And Chiefs fans travel too, but it would make a lot of sense that there's going to be a lot of 49ers fans coming out to Las Vegas. Do you guys get a sense at all, like I, I was supposed you not, but when this massive public money comes in closer to the Super Bowl, if we get a, like a big contingent of 49ers fans, like they're going to be able to shape this market themselves, right? It's going to be pretty interesting to see where the market goes by the time we get to Super Bowl weekend. I, I totally agree, JVT. I think, you know, last week we saw that in that game against the Lions. I mean, the room was littered with 49er, you know, jerseys yep. and apparel and caps. But you, you saw the, a lot of money line action on the Lions. I think here you're going to get a lot of play on both sides. But I am curious to see if the Niner money really shows from our close proximity to California. I think it's, both these teams are public teams. They're both heavily backed. 
Um, if this was the Niner team from maybe eight weeks ago, I think you'd see this number at three. But they had struggles against the Packers, struggles against the Lions, and they didn't play that great down the stretch. And then you've got a guy on the other side who just relishes the role of getting points. We're talking to Chuck Esposito from Stations Casino. Chuck, you uh, just sent me an email of all your prop bets, uh, 26 pages of them. So I'm I'm looking and looking for Travis Kelsey because my prediction, you know, I, I've, I've done this each week with you. Who are you going to be asking for, uh, you know, every week outside the, the Red Rock Casino? My gut is saying you're going to hope that the linebackers and the nickel, whoever can cover Patrick Kelsey, or excuse me, Travis Kelsey, is going to be out there working their butt off. Do you anticipate just plethora of over receptions, over yards, first touchdown, MVP? I mean, are, are you kind of setting yourselves up to know that everybody's going to want to bet Travis Kelsey? 100%, Tim. We, we've had these discussions already that – I mean, you've seen the amount of tickets. We have more tickets on him to win MVP than everybody else combined. Yet a tight end has never won it. Um, I think all the props with, with him involved. And, and that's what I think makes the reception prop so interesting is that he comes off a game with 11. But if I'm Kyle Shanahan and I have the extra week to prepare and knowing the 49 or knowing the Chiefs don't have a, a Tyreek Hill um, right now, what do you have to do? You have to take Travis Kelsey away. Um, so I think that's what makes it so interesting with his props because that has to be the key to San Francisco's defense. In terms of the props themselves, how much of the handle for the Super Bowl overall does it make up in terms of the prop bets, Chuck? I think it gets bigger and bigger every year, JVT. I think we're going to be somewhere around 50-50 this year where it'll probably make up about 50%. We added a lot of over-the-counter same-game props too, which are already getting a lot of traction as well. So... When it comes to the MVP market, you just mentioned. So reiterate that. More tickets already have been bet on Travis Kelsey than everybody else combined? Everybody else combined, yep. <laughs> and I, I think it's just a product of it's, it's just his popularity right now. You know, it's just they're looking at that. And But, I mean, for him to have three touchdown receptions, number 15 has to throw those three right. touchdown receptions. Well, and as J.B. Maybe yeah, and Chuck, as JVT pointed out, you probably would be better just finding a three-touchdown prop to go that regard right, than, right. Than, than to look that way. So wrap, the, wrap up on this. we got about 30 seconds. So I'm looking at your prices, you know, plus 125 or so on Mahomes. I think you're plus 225 if I'm doing my math right here on Purdy. I would, if I had to guess, best result for you guys, and we've still got a week plus to go, Purdy MVP and Chiefs, or excuse me, Niners to win. I would say Niners to win right now and under as well, guys. Niners to win under as well. <laughs> and and I would think McCaffrey would be more popular in the MVP market than Purdy, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. He's the guy from the Niners side they're back in. Boring Super Bowl for Chuck Esposito. Chuck, always appreciate it. Next week, Lord knows, might have a whole different numbers to tell yep. us. Appreciate it as always. All right. Thanks, guys. More tickets on Travis Kelsey than everybody else combined. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. 
As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you haven't already, make sure you check it out. Ooh, it's fresh. VSIN.com. Zach Cohen's got some write ups on there. JVT, every single day, is breaking down his favorite plays in the NBA. And don't worry, plenty of Super Bowl insight on there as well. VSIN.com. You know, you get betting splits on there, JBT. You do. Our best picks. Yep. You can also get our live streams. And even if you miss a show, you can go rewatch it. I did that last night. And um, just to get a screen grab. Well, Birdie tells me that um, maybe post Super Bowl, we'll get some, uh, we'll call it like some, we'll, we'll say for those of you maybe who haven't been paying attention to basketball, you'll get some refreshers that'll be up there uh, for a lot of you folks if you liked uh, certain guides and whatnot. So make sure you stay tuned. Make sure you stay tuned. What did you make of what Chuck just told us? Chuck Esposito from Stations Casino. Still a week to go. Things could change. But early on, more Travis Kelsey to win Super Bowl MVP has more tickets than everyone else combined in the pool. I think it's insane. Um, I think he's probably got like, what, 100 tickets? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, realistically, the count of actual Super Bowl to MVP tickets is probably pretty light in comparison with what it's going to be. All right, so let's fast forward to next Friday's hit with, with Chuck. I think Travis Kelsey probably still leads the pack. but not I don't him. think he's going to have more than the rest of the field combined. If you had to rank right now per tickets, well, I don't know if stations is a good one because... It's only here in Vegas? It's just in general. Okay. If you had to rank one through five, ticket count, not money, ticket count, for Super Bowl 58 MVP, number one? Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Number two? Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Number three? Azure Mahomes. Okay. Now, this is where it gets hard. I'm going to say Brock Purdy, number four, followed by Debo Samuel. But those two could be interchangeable. Yeah, I would flip that. I would say, I I think, and that's what brings me back to Purdy for MVP. It was, we discussed it in the opening hour of the show, JVT, which is, I don't know how often you're going to get a situation where the starting quarterback, who's not some jabron, even though, yeah, he, he was the last pick of the draft. Yeah, I get it. Right. He's also, statistically speaking, a top 10 quarterback in the league this year. He was pretty darn good. And he would have, if there was an MVP award handed out in the NFC Championship game, he would have won it. Right? So, I don't know how often you're going to get a difference from money line of minus 125 to plus 225 for the starting quarterback of the betting favorite to win the Super Bowl. I mean, you're getting the starting quarterback for a team that is the favorite at plus 225. Look, well, could Christian McCaffrey win? Of course he could. It's betting. 
Christian McCaffrey is is a beast. He scores a touchdown every game. But I just I think if you like the Niners, you have to have an, a Brock Purdy in your portfolio. And I think come next Friday and all the different odds makers that we'll have on next week throughout the show, I would imagine JVT under Niners Purdy MVP would be the trifecta for yeah. books. Yeah, and it's like so if you really think about it too, as as a lot of people say, right? The 49ers are going to be a good team to bet Super Bowl MVP on because they have so many weapons. But my rebuttal would be they're a bad team to bet MVP on because they have so many weapons, right? right? Like if, if George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Christian McCaffrey all score a touchdown and let's say float around their props, right, in terms of receiving yards and or rushing yards for Christian McCaffrey, I guess it depends on when each touchdown comes, but like when do you give it to them? And what if all three of them are receiving touchdowns, which is a possibility. Brock Purdy has three touchdowns to three different receivers, has nearly 300 yards passing. Who do you give that to? More often than not, you're going to give it to Brock Purdy, right? Because he's the trigger man. He's the guy who touches the ball on every single play. And as we have seen now, again, as I said, 10 out of the last 14 Super Bowls, quarterbacks have won it. Like, we see this all the time. 12 out of the last 17, or excuse me, it's 12 out of the, uh, what did I say, 10 out of the last 14? So 10 out of 12 out of the last uh, what are we looking at here? 15, I think it is. I'll have to double check the number on that one. But either way, you see this now where it's generally when it becomes somewhat hard, right? When you have to look at the nuance of who deserves MVP, more often than not, the safe bet is to just give it to the quarterback. And I think there's a reality in which the 49ers have a successful day. Multiple guys get their hands on it, score touchdowns, maybe even explosive ones. And you just look at it at the end of the day and you say, well, we just got to give it to Purdy because he, he delivered the ball to all three of the guys who scored touchdowns for him. I want to look back at Super Bowl 56 uh, because that was the Cooper Cup. He had eight catches, 92 yards, two touchdowns. And I think if you look back at that Super Bowl, I remember because we were on the air here at VEASAN. Should have been Aaron Donald. You know, still don't know why it wasn't, but regardless, it wasn't Matthew Stafford. And I think when you think back to it, like what were the numbers of Matthew Stafford? Why didn't he win it? He had two picks, right? So, do you think Brock Purdy's going to turn the ball over? Brock, Matthew Stafford's final numbers in that game, 26 of 40, 283, three touchdowns, two picks. And ultimately, I think Cooper Cup won the award mm -hmm. because that last drive, if I remember correctly, Stafford just hit Cooper Cup every single play. Yep. It was like, all right, we're playing backyard football. Throw it to Cup. Throw it to Cup. Throw it to Cup. He scored the touchdown. He gets the MVP. Should have been Aaron Donald. So, to your point, these are the last MVPs. Patrick Mahomes last year, Cooper Cup two years ago, Tom Brady, which, that's interesting, right? That was almost like a lifetime achievement situation, three touchdown passes. Patrick Mahomes won it four years ago. Damian Williams should have won the award mm -hmm. that year, right? He had two touchdowns. He had the game-winning uh, uh, run late in that one. Julian Edelman won it five years ago. Ten catches, 141 yards. Remember, that was the... The game we were talking about, 13 yep. to 6 or whatever, 13 to 3, I think was the final score. Uh, Nick Foles, Tom Brady, Von Miller won it the year that uh, that Peyton Manning was, you know, couldn't throw a football, and their defense I mean, completely dominated that game. Did he recover the defensive touchdown as well? Yeah, uh, strip sack. Yeah, two Newton? and he had two and a half yeah. sacks. Yep. So, um, yeah, I. It's it's pretty rare. It's it's pretty rare. It can happen. It could totally happen. I just think when you look at you look at the 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 production that the non-quarterbacks have had in those games. They're extremely strong outlier performances. Where you look at some of these others, you look at Tom Brady going 21 to 29 for 201 yards, and yeah, he threw three touchdowns. You know who won that game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Their defense. Their, their defensive line was awesome. Yeah, and they took, they picked apart an offensive line that had four guys that were missing. But what happened? Well, who do we give it to along the defensive line? I don't really know. Let's give it to Tom Brady. He threw three touchdowns. You just go through. I mean, look, I'll, I'll even go back pretty far. But like, you know, the year that Tom, the year that Peyton Manning won it, he threw one touchdown and had one interception. Dominic Rhodes was awesome in that game. He ended up winning the award because he's Peyton Manning and he threw a touchdown. Right? He, like, it wasn't really that great of a performance. Over and over again, you can go through all of these and just again revert back to when there has to be nuance. When you have to really decide who is the most valuable player, more often than not, voters rely on what they're comfortable with, which is the guy who touched the ball on every play the quarterback and you just see that happen so it's not impossible but it's just way more likely that you're going to see this happen and go yeah it's probably Brock Purdy or Patrick Mahomes 
I mean, you think back, this is even going further back, Super Bowl 35 when the Ravens just dominated the Giants. Ray Lewis won MVP. You, you had, it was almost, okay, this defense is so good. Uh, you know, you look look at that game. It, Trent Dilfer threw, you know, 153 yards. wasn't even 50%. I mean, they could have gave it to Jamal Lewis, but it was like, all right, we got to give it to Ray Lewis. And that's where I came to the Travis Kelsey. Like, we just saw Cooper Cup win it, right? Eight for 92, two touchdowns. Travis Kelsey had 11, 116, and one against the Baltimore Ravens. Patrick Mahomes didn't have an interception in that game, didn't have a turnover. Do you think if the AFC Championship was the Super Bowl, do you think Kelsey wins MVP or do they give it to Mahomes? I don't know. The, my, the, the problem is their offense stunk in the second half, so like, right. what are you supposed to do there? I and guess you give it to Kelsey? I, to me, I said it yesterday on the show, I feel like you give it – you would have given it to Mahomes because of that pass to MVS. But remember, don't don't the votes have to be in like by the two-minute warning or something yes. ridiculous like yep. that, which is why Aaron Donald didn't win the MVP two years ago. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. But uh, I, I can guarantee you that Travis Kelsey, uh, the books will no doubt be cheering against uh, Travis Kelsey uh, come uh, come next Sunday. Christian McCaffrey, you think unders will be uh, a need for the books? I mean, I don't know, because the market moved to the under already, right? Yeah. So we went from 90 and a half rushing yards to 80 and a half. It's not a big deal uh, in terms of the move, but at least that's the initial move that you see there. So that's gonna, that one's going to be harder because I think that they're just not going to potentially want him to win MVP because I think that's going to be one of the more popular selections. But in terms of individual props, I'm not entirely sure. We have a loaded college basketball slate tomorrow. We'll run through it. Some early thoughts on the college basketball slate. We'll do that on the other side. It's V-CIN primetime. This is V-CIN primetime with Tim Murray on V-CIN, the sports betting network. Put the VSIN experts to work for you and start betting smarter with a VSIN Pro subscription. Sign up on a VSIN Pro annual subscription. Get your first year for only $199. Use the promo code Prime. Get access to everything on our brand new VSIN.com website. Oh, it looks so pretty. And uh, we got our daily best bets for the leaderboard. Betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving every game. Betting systems, premium analysis, 24 7 video access remember use that promo code prime get your first year for only 199 bucks when you use that promo code vcin.com slash subscribe alongside jonathan von tobel i am tim murray not a great college hoop slate this evening but we do have uh upset alert brewing in dayton ohio as the flyers went off as a seven and a half point favorite just took the lead back so they are uh, on a little run there. They lead 50 to uh, 46. The team that I despise betting, Ohio State, is uh, fighting with Iowa right now. Uh, looks like Iowa has a early lead uh, or late lead in that one. JVT, update the people. Where are we on some NBA action? Uh, let's see. So um, we Clippers were down 20 to 8 early, uh, up to 81-72. So they've come storming back in this game. Miami on the verge of taking a lead if Terry Rozier can hit the second free throw. Tied right now, 61 all, 9-13 left to go in the third. Phoenix, Atlanta, we got a five-point game uh, right about halftime, 45 seconds left. Hawks up 65-60. Suns were three-and-a-half-point favorites there. Kings up seven on the road against Indiana with a buck 52 left to go in the second. And then we got a plethora of games that are still in the uh, first quarters, the most notable results of which are the Spurs on top of the New Orleans Pelicans. 26 to 20, 248 left to go in the first Spurs. Uh, we're in the range of about a five and a half, six point underdog at home. So tomorrow we get not one, not two, but three top Excuse 10 me, matchups. By the way, eight and a half point underdog. I don't know why I said five and a half, six. Eight and a half point underdog at home. And then we get another top 10 matchup on Sunday Purdue taking on Wisconsin. So it's been interesting just to kind of keep an eye on the market. So DraftKings. Puts out their lines, uh, let's say like select games come out early afternoon, and then now the whole slate is out 
Other books have started to follow suit. Circa has theirs up. Offshore shops have theirs up as well. And an early game that we talked about is this St. John's Yukon uh, game. Yukon number one in the country. Um, got massive size down low. Uh, look very bit the part of a team that could repeat as national champion. And then St. John's on the flip side has seemed to be sluggish here a little bit. They've lost four of five. Their lone win uh, coming against Villanova. I had them two weeks ago against Marquette. Uh, they lost that game by one. I like this spot. Now, Madison Square Garden is not Cameron Indoor. It is not Fog Allen. But it's going to be sold out, and you're going to get real old-school kind of Big East vibes on Saturday, tomorrow afternoon. And I do think, look, not to be cliche here, but this is the reason Rick Patino was hired for games like this. Have they been disappointing here as of late with a 500 record in, in, uh, in Big East play? Yeah, sure. But I'm very curious to see how, you know, Joel Soriano does against uh, Klingon down low. Tristan Newton has been an absolute baller for UConn. But situationally, I really like the spot for St. John's. Market agrees. It opened four and a half at DraftKings. Circa just opened three. So I think we're headed more towards St. John's than anything. We'll get resistance at some point, JVT. But I think this is a really intriguing spot tomorrow at Madison Square Garden where uh, St. John's is catching, uh, still can get a four out there at DraftKings. Yeah, I think the the only issue, I think, from a matchup standpoint that would worry me here is St. John's comes into this 290th in offense, or excuse me, in defensive rebounding rate. You're taking on a top 15 team yep. in offensive rebounding in, in Connecticut and allowing second chance opportunities to this team could be a backbreaker. But on the other end, as we've seen from Connecticut, very aggressive defensively, Tim, 255th in the country in opponent free throw rate and 11th in Big East play in opponent free throw rate. So they're putting guys on the free throw line. So those two things can almost cancel each other out. I'm just more, I guess, the concern would be you giving up second chance points and are you going to be able to score here against this UConn defense? Because if there has been an area in which St. John's has struggled, it's been those first shot opportunities. They've been living on second chance opportunities themselves. And if you're going to be a one shot team and you're going to give those up and then go back the other way, that could be kind of dangerous. But spot wise, I think it makes a lot of sense. And as we kind of know in college basketball, situations I think uh, are pretty strong in playing on those situations as there are a couple this weekend generally are the sides to kind of lean toward here. So one of the top 10 matchups, it's a triple header on ESPN tomorrow, by the way. It just goes bang, bang, bang. Uh, Four o'clock Eastern, Houston at Kansas, followed by uh, Duke, North Carolina, 6.30 Eastern, followed by Tennessee, Kentucky at 8.30 Eastern. Right in a row, all three top 10 matchups. We'll go chronologically here. Houston at Kansas. I mentioned the stat. Jim Root looked it up. Last 30 years at, at Fog Allen, one time, or excuse me, two times, I beg your pardon, Kansas has been an underdog. They've won both of those instances, one in 2021 against Baylor, as JVT pointed out, the eventual national champion, and then way back in 1996 against Cincinnati. Houston's laying two and a half here. If you are a disciple, a follower, JVT and R, use it certainly as a reference point. It's not something I, I blindly just bet. But if you are a believer in just the raw Ken Palm number, then you got to bet Houston here uh, uh, catching, or excuse me, laying two and a half. To me, and I'm sure, you know, um, Matt will talk about it coming up on VEASAN tonight. I've got a lot of questions about this Kansas team. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not deep. Uh, they're, they're a little bit banged up. McCuller is, is, is banged up here. Um, and they just, you know, this is really a four- it just feels like it's a four-team squad in Kansas, and that's it started to bear out here. Remember, this team, you know, was 13 and one early January. They go to a weird situational spot on the road at UCF. They lose that game. They also lost on the road at West Virginia, which is just inexplicable. They lose to Iowa State. They were the dog there, uh, and as you mentioned, that was a game that you know the score to me didn't really indicate uh, the final outcome. And as we talked about too, by the way, you know, 79-75, right? Home court, when we talked about Jim Root earlier in the week, it's been worth about four points. Yeah. So generally it's just a, hey, go on the road and lose the game. So you're looking at a Houston team, got two losses. They had a back-to-back, both road games. But since then, this is a team that's been tested on the road. They go to, you know, a, a tricky environment up at BYU. They win that game. Earlier this week, they were, what were they laying? I think they were laying market close four and a half. 
ended up not covering, but got the win in overtime against Texas. Houston's always going to be a legit defensive team. I'm going to stay away from this game, JVT. Part of me wants to take the points with Kansas, but it, it does feel a little bit like, man, you're, are you walking into a hornet's nest here uh, going up against this Houston team? Yeah, I, I think you maybe are. Like, if you're Kansas, like, just given the fact that, yes, this is your second consecutive home game, but this home main means a lot. Like, given the struggles that we've seen from this Kansas team, you know, the road has not been a friendly place, but defensive rating at home has been a lot better. And that's kind of my worry here is if you look at them in Big 12 play, sixth in, co- in conference defensive rating, 103.1 adjusted in terms of Ken Palm. We've seen a couple of slip-up spots again. Like, you go back over, we saw the Iowa State have an offensive rating 112.4. The loss to West Virginia, uh, 127.8 to West Virginia. That's a bad offensive rating to give up there in that spot. But when you're talking about coming home, being a very good rebounding team, the ability to keep Houston off the offensive glass, which is what they need to do, right? They need to attack the glass, get second chance opportunities. I feel like you can do that, especially at home. And with Houston, one of their issues when you've looked at them offensively, they've been able to shoot the three somewhat well, shooting 35% from three. Uh, but inside the arc, they don't really have a presence. They're, they're less than 200. They're over 250th in that regard. I feel like if you can just limit the first chance opportunities, rebound well, which Kansas, I think, can do, and you're playing at home, I think that you're, when you're talking about just waiting for this number and seeing where it's going, I'll fall into the trap with, with catching points at Kansas at home. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other. It's like, all right, Ken Palm saying it's five. But then I'm like, I don't know, man. Fog Allen, you're catching points. As I said, it never happens. It's happened twice in the last three decades. You know, So uh, that does not happen all that often. Uh, let's get to UNC Duke. Uh, UNC Duke right now, market has moved towards Duke. Open five, down to four. Uh, last year, Duke got the the sweep of UNC. Remember, it was a down year for the Tar Heels. Uh, I believe, if memory serves me correct, I think Duke didn't cover either one of those games because UNC was so far down. And then two years ago, North Carolina bested them in the Final Four and uh, in the finale. Home court didn't really mean much. It was actually bizarre. In, in 2020, what was that, 2022 JVT, mm-hmm. Duke went to UNC one by 20. UNC in the spot of all spots, Coach K's final game at home. What happened? UNC went into Cameron and won. So does home court not mean as much in this rivalry where you're getting Duke and UNC and the market's saying, yeah, we don't we don't believe that the home court should mean so much. UNC, though, spot-wise, losing to Georgia Tech, man, yeah. that, that just makes me worried. I would have loved them to win that game. That's not true because I bet Georgia Tech. Right, but, I mean, was that <laughs> there's look-aheads and then there's just, like, losing that spot. Like, that's it's a pretty bad loss on the road. It's really you can bad. not cover, but losing outright is really bad. Georgia Tech, you can tell your friends this. Georgia Tech has beat Duke in North Carolina. At home. They've also lost to Notre Dame and UMass Lowell at home. Little uh little bizarre resume there for Damon Stoudemire squad. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray on VSIN, the sports betting network. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings has you covered. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code VSIN. New customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58. Once again, that code VEASAN, the crown, is yours. Top of the hour, Matt Humans, still riding solo, right? Wes, Wes Reynolds does the uh, Sunday program, so uh, yes, Matt Humans riding solo. I totally know this. The uh, Circa College Basketball Competition is back, ladies and gentlemen. We all are out there to take down Will Hill, last year's champion. So 10 competitors, Matt Humans will have plays, Wes Reynolds will have plays, five games every Saturday, and I've already submitted my selections. I will be back on the air tonight at 11.15 Eastern to break them down. I think if you got a hint, I'm on St. John's as one of my plays. Uh, Would have loved the four and a half, but by the time I submitted it, the four and a half was gone. One play I did also submit, JVT, was a suggestion on a very good situational spot, courtesy of you. So... There's two ways this could go. Well, actually, well, there's a lot of different ways this could go. You're submitting five picks. Um, <laughs> so, I, I I mean, I think situationally, this is like a, a kind of must try, yes, right? I Which agree. is Texas A&M is playing host to Florida this weekend. Florida is coming off, and Florida's playing well, by the way. We should know. Yep. Like, they've won four, uh, five out of six games, four straight coming into this. But their last two games... They beat Georgia in overtime in a game which, by the way, they were up comfortably. They blew a big lead, had to go to overtime. I was sitting here on Saturday morning and kind of stopped paying attention because they were up by a good amount and then looked back and was like, oh, wait, it's overtime. So they come back. They beat Georgia in overtime. Then on Wednesday, they hit the road. They go to Kentucky and they beat Kentucky in overtime as well, 94 to 91. So we're talking about consecutive overtime wins for this Florida team. Now you have to go on the road, take on Texas A&M, coming off of a loss to Ole Miss. Look, Texas A&M, not one of the best teams, but still top 50 team by Ken Palm metrics. Hasn't really gone particularly well in conference play, but still a slow-paced team that could play pretty damn good defense. And I think they can come in here and grind away at a Florida team that has played consecutive overtime games and is on their second consecutive road game. I feel like spot-wise, it's pretty easy to look at Texas A&M, and you're talking about what's the number two, right? It, 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 it just asking him to win by a possession in a game like this. Situationally, there have been... There have been quite a few spots to play. This seems like one of the better ones to play. Yes, I agree, and I'm glad you brought that to my attention. Uh, that'll be a play of mine. And uh, personally, I'll just, you know, for the contest, we can't take money lines. I'll just go money line. Where do you stand, JVT? I'm curious. This is, I don't know what your threshold is. College basketball, for me, it just, it gets so frustrating when you see a late three go in and and ruin you know, a, a potential cover. So, look, if you're laying, like San Diego State, for instance, we were talking about this, I think, off air. I think this is a really good spot for San Diego State. I think they're the better team. And, yes, I know, it's the old unranked favorite at home versus the ranked team, which is what you're getting. I just think more so San Diego State's better than Utah State. Yep. So, the market's at five. I'm going to lay the five. I'm not going to go money line there. But with Texas A&M, with Georgia – with these short favorites, 
I just don't mess around, man. And I want to just, I want to go money line. What, especially in the NBA too, right? With, with sure. so many peaks and valleys. What, what's kind of your threshold? How do you go about it normally? Well, I think in reality, so NBA is a little bit different where you're talking about a game in which we're t- someone's going to have over 100 possessions, right? So it's going to be more back and forth. You're going to get more opportunities. I think the reality is in NBA games where we're talking about like two-ish point spreads, you're more better off going in-game at some point, right? Yeah. Because you're probably going to get a better number than what you're looking for. But when it comes to your thought in terms of this, I would say sure. Like, I think I totally understand going money line as opposed to laying like a two or a two and a half because a lay three, just staying inside of that number could get you if that's going to be the case. So I don't think that there's anything wrong with that thought process of trying to do it. Personally, uh, if there's an edge by the number, then I'll just play the number. But I, I think especially when it comes to I go money line for me, Tim, more with like if I feel there's value on the short underdog, right? right? Because then, all right, well, if I think there's value on, let's say, plus two, uh, then I'll just take, you know, plus 150, plus 120, plus 125, somewhere in that range uh, and play in that regard. So that's how I handle it. I'll play money lines in short spots, but it's more short underdogs than I will short favorites. You know, what's, I would get me fascinated by, you know, we had uh, we had Chuck Esposito on earlier in the show. I- I'm going to be very intrigued. And he said, you know, right now it's super early, but two to one take account on the side, three to one on the money line. I mean, how many people, especially that are coming to town for the Super Bowl, media members everywhere, how many people out there are going to take the two? Yeah. No one's going to take the two. They're all going to take the plus money. Like, I, I, I think we're going to hear about just massive discrepancies from the money line. Because if, and I, I totally ex- understand it. How often the games lay, land two, right? Mm-hmm. Very rarely. And this, even in college football, where you get into the weird situation of overtime, you don't have that in the NFL. I think. Very, I don't want to say nobody, but very few people are going to take the points with the Chiefs. If they like the Chiefs, they could be taking the money line uh, in Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, I think so. That's why I can't wait to see where this gets to. Yeah. You know, and I still have this uh, Kansas City future that I want to do something with. So we'll see where this money line gets. But I want this thing to get cheap here on San Francisco. Middle it, baby. Yeah. One point, middle. Come on. That's a good point. Yeah. No, no, never mind. Because no. you have no, a cheat. No, no. Actually, you have a cheat. Yeah, 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 yeah. My bad. My no, bad. yes. No. Speaking into existence, Chiefs, go off as the favorite. Yes. Let's go. There yes. you go. Yes. <laughs> Let's yeah. go. Come this, on. By the way, we were talking with Eric Eager off air. <laughs> What's that? And if you want to, uh, if you want to get real, real deep and dirty, how about a Senior Bowl? Oh, to Chiefs idea. money or uh, Chiefs par- teaser, baby. Yes. So, in, and this is out in Las Vegas too. So, if you like it, you know you can go ahead and do it. Uh, but the Senior Bowl right now, the number in the Senior Bowl is the national team is two and a half point favorite with a total of forty. Obviously, San Francisco is a two point favorite. So you could Wong teaser it up. Get the, get the last Wong teaser of the football season and go tease up the American team with. The Kansas City Chiefs. Get eight, eight and a half. Let's go. Boom. Yeah, or tease through zero. When the Wong tease is right in front of you, tease it the other way. Let's go. Have you, JVT, have, no. have you ever bet on the national anthem? No, never. Can I really quickly? Yeah. Which book out here in Las Vegas will allow you to tease the Senior Bowl is the real question. Do they all have lines up for this? Uh, not that I see. Only actually, <laughs> only one does. Kudos to our old stomping grounds out of the South Point. They've only got one. Yeah. Oh, that's a good man. point. Yeah, that's not on my screen right now. All right. Um, so you don't want to do a full breakdown of, of Reba's? Uh, we have a, a graphic on Reba's national anthems. Reba so what, she, she's a she's a quick one, huh? Yeah. Uh, World Series. Man, this this thing goes back to 1985. Holy smokes. Can we have picked a better, like, author? Author, singer? Are you anti-Reba? Yes. We're Las Vegas. How is Reba the choice? How is it not like Neo? A Vegas guy. Neo's a Vegas guy? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, come on. Pick somebody, like, that's got some ties out here. Is Wayne still singing these days? An Elvis impersonator. Getting Newton out there? Is he still singing? You know who loves, loves Wayne Newton? Matt Humans. Does he really? Dude, absolutely loves him. Ask him about it. When he comes in right now, you got to ask him about it. I can see Matt right now. I see the big guy right now. Ask him about it. Absolutely is one of the biggest Wayne Newton fans I've ever seen. <laughs> it's such a it's such a weird thing, but absolutely loves him. Oh man, I worked with Matt for four months. I guess I was new here, so I didn't uh, I didn't get to get into the, the known, intricacies of, of. I've known Matt since I was wee lad, twenty three. So uh, I've known Matt for a while. Learn everything. 
loves Wayne Newton. What was your bet on the uh, the Heat Wizards here? Uh, heat minus eight. Okay. So, so we got a little bit of life here because they are up exactly eight points. Eight. Uh, it's been a big third quarter. Then that's kind of been the deal for the Wizards. But uh, currently getting outscored 25-14 in the third frame right now. Anything from the Saturday card of the NBA that initially jumps at you, JVT? Uh, let's see. Let's look at it for the first time together. Um, I would say what's going to be pretty interesting is Warriors-Hawks, both on second legs of back-to-backs, both playing right now. Hawks are playing the uh, Phoenix Suns. Warriors are playing the Memphis Grizzlies. Total is at 248 and a half. And I got to tell you, there's probably not that much defense going to get played in a game like that considering the you know, second leg of a back-to-back, and especially if you're on the road. And I will say this. Injury report's going to be important because Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving have been missing time. And in fact, earlier this week, both missed a game against the Timberwolves in which they got smoked. I think it was on Wednesday. But if that's a full injury report. Be very interested to see what the overnight line is going to be here for Mavericks and Bucks because uh, uh, I don't fancy myself a Bucks fan. One more uh, situational spot to keep an eye on. Georgia ripped my heart out, stomped on it, spit on it, blowing a double-digit lead, not even getting a cover against Bama. They're back at it, taking on South Carolina, who just went to old Rocky Top and won as a two-touchdown underdog. How will the Fighting Gamecocks? 18-3. Man, not too shabby. All right, lots of college hoops coming up top of the hour with our guy Wes Reynolds. For JVT, I'm Tim Murray. This has been VSIN Primetime. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.